0: Alright, welcome back to the Ohioan. Uh, we've talked about a lot about this lately, but there was a really good story over the weekend in the AcroBeacon Journal uh, talking about how we're in a weird um, point here in America now. We've had times where there's been no jobs, and if you're missing a job, you've got to look and look, and it's not always a job to be found. Now we have a surplus of jobs, so... Um, I included in our linked list um, a story from the Beacon Journal and also talking, um, there was a CBS story, talking about, look, the power's in the hands of employees. And I know from talking to business owners, it is becoming a problem. Um, What are you seeing, Brandon, in like your company or other companies you see are looking for people? And how do we fix it? Because we're still in a weird time
1: of COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, labor shortage, uh, well, I guess there's a bit of debate there. Um, you know, on the right, you have more of the, uh, well, there's a lot of people who are receiving, you know, um, certain special kinds of unemployment benefits because of the pandemic. Um, and then of course, you know, on top of people who normally might be receiving those benefits just because they had been laid off, might be because of the pandemic or they might have been fired. Um, that's usually how unemployment traditionally works is you don't just quit your job and get them. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of movement on trying to, um, end those kinds of benefits. Um, even though, um, you know, we haven't really, um, um, you know, we're still, we're kind of, we're kind of just focusing more on vaccinations right now rather than, uh, encouraging social distancing. Uh, on the left, you got more of this argument, um uh that there's not enough that they're not paid that pay has not gone up um you know people are just realizing you know it's not worth working uh, a minimum wage job during these kinds of times um and some some businesses have said hey you know i've raised my my hourly rate for employees and it's um um they're um obviously finding more people are interested in working it's actually probably the you know overall though you know this is probably the best time to be a teenager in this day and age, I guess, if your parents are comfortable with you working. So.
0: Well, I think a teenager.
1: i save up some money.
0: Well, and granted, some of these, like, white-collar jobs, I'm not sure if there's a ton of white-collar companies that are necessarily looking. But, look, if you need a side job or if maybe you're not in the white-collar industry, I mean... Good night. I mean, the lead of the Speaker Journal, you got a 33-year-old guy who, you know, was considering a 16-hour 16-bucks-an-hour uh, uh, job at a food snack factory in the Akron area. And I understand if you're white-collar, not to speak anything about factory jobs, but you might be like, eh, hey, I don't know if I want a factory job, but th- there are you know, jobs out there. And, you know, Brandon, you're right. It's a good time to be a team. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have the time, but I've been thinking about working somewhere five hours a week, just earn some extra money. Um, Craig, I, I think there's a misnomer out there. There's a lot of people like Brandon we're talking about who sit there and says, well, if you don't want a job right now, you just don't want to work. But, you know, I'm looking at this Roger Dixon that they were talking to in the Beacon Journal story. And he said, look, they're giving me 300 bucks extra a week. Now, this only goes through June 26." It doesn't make sense for me to go in, you know, the way the rules are. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people are making business decisions based on unemployment benefits, kind of based on even safety. I know, you know, COVID a lot better than it was a year ago, but, you, you know, you can't just go work at a place that doesn't make
2: sense. Right. I mean, I did a story um, a couple of weeks ago on our, um, our job and family services department. And they said, you know, with that $300 extra per week unemployment benefit, now yeah, it is set uh, to expire June 26, but you know, a single person could make $485 per week on unemployment benefits in Ohio. And then if you added in that $300 extra, which we've been getting now for a long time, that bumped your paycheck essentially up to $785 a week. And then there was only a 10% reduction for federal taxes is what they told me. So people were making probably a lot more being out of work than being at work. And obviously that's going to change probably here for most people on the 26th, but that's a real situation. And, you know, when you say at the top of the show here that it's sort of a, you know, a job seekers market. It really truly is right now because you know, people have to entice them to be able to want to work. And unless you're paying a, a very hefty wage at this point, a lot of people are just going to say no up until probably June 26th when those benefits do, you know, fall off.
0: Yeah. I think there's also a lot of other things going on that maybe just COVID helped shine a light on. I mean, the issue with low-paying workers in America wasn't, hey, they don't want to work. I mean, I've talked to some people like, oh, if you don't want to work, you're just out playing video games and doing drugs. No, that's not the case. But You also look at, from this side, too, child care, you know, costs to travel to work. Um, you know, my job, and we've talked about this before, my job's um, stay at home. I mean, I don't have to go in the office. Now and they told me they told me last week if you want to go back you can go back. Well, our closest office is in downtown Columbus. If I go back, I'm paying eighty bucks a month just to park downtown. And hey, I understand why to do it. It's fine. It you know it's not my company's fault. It's just you know it's where we're at, which is fine. But there's costs to that. And you know, Brandon, I think if we're, if we're gonna have any change you know i mean we, we gotta look at other things like you know child care we gotta look at other things too that are keeping people away from working right now and i i don't know if it's something that the government can fix on its own or maybe even companies try to look at hey how do we make the situation better for our employees
1: yeah um you know there's several ways that that could be tackled um you know particularly on child care you know um that tax credit that was um implemented um in the last uh, congressional legislation piece uh in response to covid you know 300 dollars i think a month per child i think it's what the credit amounts to please fact check me on that folks but uh um but you know that's a temporary measure mostly in response yeah. to the pandemic there's hopes to make that permanent but um um you know childcare is expensive i know of uh my wife's uh, maid of honor just recently had a baby and she told me like there's like childcare options are like a thousand dollars per week. Um, you know, I don't even know if that's even what kind of level of care that is. So, um, it's just really a racket there. Um, Ohio is kind of funny because it has like this, uh, star rating system. They ra- ran out, uh, put out. And so it's funny to see these places that are like, oh, "We're one star. Yay. We're two star, um, or five star care. Um, I, and so on that front, you know, childcare is very expensive, not really well tackled. Companies could offer, you know, probably it could, it'd be a great benefits benefit to offer that childcare. Like, Hey, well here's a childcare stipend. Um, because it is becoming very expensive, um, for parent workers, um, just to be able to have someone take care of their kids while they're working. Um, But yeah, offering, um, but there's also, as you say, you know, there's a lot of costs just going to the office. And I think the question a lot of companies have to ask is what kind of value are we really getting by having you come all the way out, um, wear and tear in your car, um, parking um, and um, just, you know, sitting in an office. Um, If if I think there are you have to come from a place of this is a necessity or uh, versus like this is something that makes me feel like I have control. Uh, if you're just focusing more on like you know having them, you just want to control, keep an eye on them, have them warm the seat, then really it's that's probably the wrong reasons to have them in the office. If you feel like it just really improves collaboration, um, that might be a different take. I, I joked about this uh, former company and uh, Craig.
0: Tell me if you have a better idea. And, and you know, if you don't have kids, this is a horrible idea. But. Yeah, you know, my thought is if you have a small company, let's say you have 10 employees, yep. trade off on child care, you know, <laughs> have one employee, you know, once every couple of days, you know, do the child care for the day. And it <laughs> sounds kind of crazy. It sounds like, well, aren't you missing the point of being a company? But yeah, I mean, like I said, childcare. Man, child care can be ridiculous costs. I, I look at my wife and my wife's smart. She's good. She could do a lot of different things. But with child care, she's at a position where she's working as a teacher in a school our kids go to. And it makes it very easy because when she works, the kids are in school. It makes it, but I'll tell you right now, if she didn't have the opportunity, I don't know where else she could work, you know, with child care. It just makes it hard. And you have any practical ideas of my crazy one?
2: Well, maybe it seems like it's something that each individual company should sort of realize and and maybe either provide some form of, you know, of of child care that they maybe come up with agreements with local child care agencies where, you know, maybe you get a discount or maybe it's part of, you know, your, your work pay that maybe it's a deduction in your work pay or maybe you get some sort of a discount to send your kids to a certain, you know, maybe it's company owned or maybe it's a partnership with a local agency. I mean, I think there's gotta be a a balance here. And I think that most companies need to realize that the majority of their people may or may, you know, may have kids or may be wanting kids and they should probably account for that and say, look, we want the best employees that we can get and, offering perks like childcare with you know within the company you know maybe if you have a, a, a big office building maybe you can have a a childcare center at the the basement you know in the basement or the first floor or the second floor or whatever or if you're in a smaller business maybe you can partner up with a local agency and you know find a way to say look we're going to give you business but you're going to also you know give us a discount because we're going to in you know flood your business with new you know with new potential clients so i'm sure there's a, there's a balance out there and i and i know that em- employers probably have to look at it like we need to incentivize working here and maybe childcare is one of those things where some people would you know that are that are very talented that could get a job there say i want to work there because i have got, you know an option for childcare that's maybe cheaper or part of the company and then you're going to attract better employees that way that, you know, do have families.
0: Well, hire an entry-level person to be your child care person. I mean, I can see some people listening and say, I don't know if
2: I want my coworker
0: watching my kids if you trade off. But, you know, like Craig, you said, you know, partner with a area agency or have a space for child care and hire an entry-level worker to do it. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. So... Um, hey, I wanted to make sure you guys were aware of Chase Bank. Um, you know, We talk about affiliate marketing, um, and these uh, these guys help us. They, they help us keep the show going. Uh, try Chase Bank. Um, you know, we said it before. Um, it, it's worked for me through a rough time like COVID. Um, you just go to our website, go to our, our provider, anywhere you listen to the show on, click the Chase link, set up an account, attach a direct deposit, and once you do that, they'll drop money in. Lay us with $225. Um, you know, try Chase Bank. It, it's really easy. I I would go as far as to say it's been fun. It's been fun saving time with my uh, banking. So try Chase Bank and sign for an account today. It'll help us out. And we know it'll help you out, too. It, it should be pretty great. Hey, I wanted to catch up on some entertainment and uh, some fun stuff we didn't get to over the past uh, week or so. Um, Brandon, we've been talking about this a lot and I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a little discouraged. Um, it's right now on streaming where a lot more people are going toward, um, you know, uh, there's one option out there to watch your local sports team from the Columbus crew to the blue jackets, Cavs, Indians, reds, whatever that option, uh, whatever team you're looking to do. Well, Bally Sports Network is saying, hey, we are in talks of creating our own streaming network. So you don't necessarily have to go through, you know, Hulu or anything else. You can do your own thing. But uh, Brandon, about a couple days ago, they came out with a price. And they said they are looking at 23 bucks a month. Brandon, we were hoping for 10 bucks a month. But our friend of show, George Thomas, said that ain't going to happen. Are you surprised? I mean, does 23 seem like a high price point to you?
1: No, that sounds it, I I I'm curious why 23, um, not 25, not 20. Uh maybe they watched the Jim Carrey s- film number 23. I <laughs> I don't know. Um but it, that sounds like I don't know, it's psychological there. Um Yeah, it's um it's not It's not too unreasonable. I could see myself putting in that money, but I guess one caveat for me, though, is that, you know, I've had, like, this whole year of, like, not having to watch away games as much, and I've kind of gotten used to it. Um, Used to really watch the crew religiously, uh, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, so now, you know, I'm, like, with the summer, and we're doing a lot of cool little going out is a little more often and doing some fun things here and there and trying to look for more events to do and get out of the house. Um, they might've, you know what, this is kind of, this is kind of like probably something I'm not going to put chunk out money for. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like where I'm at. I, I, I'm so I'm so tight on streaming, and you know, might be complaining going on a splits on a HBO Max kind of deal, or, um, or whatnot. Um, but I, so I don't know. And then there's like, meanwhile, it's just like, um, I'm more cur- more willing to pick chunk out some money for, um, other other kind of soccer content media.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised because. Brandon, you're right, because, you know, the crew play maybe, what, once or twice a week. Um, you know, I can see that if you're a soccer fan, you say, all right, well, you, you know, and, and Brandon's a season ticket holder, but say you don't want to be a season ticket holder. You know, hey, if, if you like a team like that, it's good. And it's not really a humongous investment of time, maybe once or twice a week. But, man, and, and Craig, I feel bad saying this, because I know you're a big Indians fan. You bragged about watching what ninety percent of all Major League Baseball this year. You're not
2: an Indians fan. Oh, okay, not an well, Indians fan.
0: But you watch all the games. You I know, you, watch, you, but yes,
2: I watch games though. Yeah,
0: right, right. Um, you got to be a pretty big fan of something. And, and like you said, you know, if you get ballots, you get the local channels. You can't sit there and say, "I want to watch the Tigers," or the Yankees, I mean, you're watching Indians and you're watching Cavs. And honestly, lately, you know, they haven't been super exciting either. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think George has a point. I think people just don't want to watch 100 Indians games a year or, you know, 82 Cavs games. Maybe that's part of the problem.
2: You know, being an Ohioan that does not really like any Ohio teams – this is probably a good option. This is, you know, depending on, on what's out there. I mean, I have, I guess you would call it sort of an eclectic, uh, you know, variety of teams that I like uh, that, that are out of state. So this is probably something that caters, I think more to me than maybe Brandon who, you know, if, if soccer is the only thing that he's looking for, you're probably not wanting to pay $23 a month for just the Columbus crew, but for someone that likes teams that are out of state, not a market, it's a pretty good option, you know, depending on who all falls within the Bally sports, you know, network here,
1: which yep. most,
2: it seems like at the majority of them are. So this is probably something that would benefit me more than it would benefit others. But 23 bucks seems a little weird for a price, but I'm sure they came up to that, you know, came to that decision for, a specific reason, so you're probably talking after tax about $25 a month or so or, or 25 and change maybe. Well, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, but
0: my understanding is you only get the channels in your region or, or the teams in your region. So with Valley's Ohio, you know, we live in Ohio, I think you're just getting these local teams, right?
2: Well, if that's the case, then I would say that that's not worth – <laughs> any any money then because i mean if you could pay $23 a month for essentially whatever you want to call it valley sports network and then watch whatever games that you want to watch that's within their network that would be beneficial to, to to most people i think i think people need to realize too that there are a lot of people that you know they grow up and they they move out of state they move to different locations for work or for school or for whatever And they don't necessarily follow the home team or maybe, you know, you're an Ohioan that that moves to, you know, Missouri and you want to watch the Indians and you don't care about the St. Louis Cardinals or the Kansas City Royals. So to me, it makes more sense, I think, to allow everybody to stream whatever game they want. Now, I don't maybe that's not this this kind of but if that's the case, then twenty three dollars is way too much. If you're telling me that you can watch the Cavs and the Indians and the Crew and I guess maybe the Cincinnati Reds, although they might have restrictions on where in the state of Ohio you can watch certain teams. So if you live south of Columbus, odds are you're probably getting Cincinnati Reds games. If you're living, you know, north of Mansfield, you're probably getting Cleveland Indians games only. So. You know, I just kind of wonder if they're going to offer the whole package, or if it is just going to be where your regional sports network is. Which, if that's the case, I don't, I don't think that uh, twenty three dollars is really worth worth it for for those logo- Not for me, you know. Anyway.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it's regional. I think that's the hard thing, and right. honestly, I look at it. I, I mean, Brandon, if you look at a regular. Um, sports season. I mean, it would take probably mid nineties Indians were, you know, they were winning a ton, and there was more interest in the regular, you know, day to day games, or maybe a LeBron era Cavs. But man, you've got to be a big fan. And even if the Cavs or Indians are good right now, uh, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, you know, George said it here on the show. I, I think, you know people our age are kind of tuning out of the, man, I gotta watch all these basketball and baseball games, you know? For the most part. I mean, I know the exceptions, but I think overall people are tuning that option out. And and you gotta look at this too, and uh, sorry, Brandon, I'm asking you a 10-minute question here, but you you guys, like you were saying too, Brandon, it's not, hey, if you only like local teams, I guess you could just stream that service and nothing else, but like you said, yeah, twenty three. is cheaper than doing AT and T now, but you're adding that to your Netflix and whatever else you have, so it's going to be more money. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's essentially the crunch of it. It's just like the a la carte. We're sort of getting close to an a la carte model, and but it's almost like going to a buffet, and you know their packaging, I don't know, weird, weird package options. You have like, you can go for the main main course package, like which has your meat and potatoes, but you can't, but if you're just someone who wants the meat, sorry, too bad. You're stuck with the potatoes. Even though over here, you want to have this dish of, I don't know, vegetables and bacon. I don't know. I'm making weird stuff up here. Basically just (laughs) think like a, but think of your buffet, then just like it packages everything. You can't, you can't just take one food item. Um, you can only take like trays of with different foods. And it's like, I don't know, instead of like an all you can eat buffet style pricing, it's like they they charge you for each, each uh, tray. So that's how it feels at least. Um, um, but, um, yeah, I think that's something to think about. I think another two thing for for me as a crew fan, um, um, MLS is telling the teams not to renew their local TV rights deals and around roughly this year or next year. Um, so it really it might be a, a bit silly to kind of get into a new stream service when it could MLS could totally revamp. Um, it's packaging and try to sell everything. It's trying to, sell, I think, bundle or package everything to like one TV provider or one um, well, not TV provider, but one um, uh, media rights company. So it could be like you know, who knows? yes all the MLS games, for instance, could be on ESPN Plus or something, um, or NBC or Paramount or Apple. Um, so, um, so that 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 might. Um, influence where I might spend my next streaming dollars at, if at all. So Yeah, and that'd be kind of a more intriguing
0: idea because right now I mean it's one thing if, you know, you use a service like Hulu where you say, hey, you know, there might be six different places I could watch MLS or college football games, but hey, it's good. I've got everything. But when you have to, you know, cross service it makes it hard. So yeah, I would say if soccer or other sports do that Go with one service. Go Paramount or go ESPN Plus or whatever the case might be. You know, it, it would be better. Sadly, though, if it would be better, it doesn't always mean that's what companies are going to do. We, we had better,
1: which was Hulu actually showing the games. <laughs> yeah. I, that was the sweet spot. And then the sweet spot became the pain spot when the, no the the networks the, those networks left. And then Hulu's like, we're jacking the price up. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I
0: have, has Hulu had a price change recently? I don't think they've had, but they've, like everybody else, they've raised their rates a lot recently. So It's like la- the last one was late last year. So. Okay. Yeah, it, it's tough. We like a streaming TV, but they're, they're getting us. It used to be a really, really good deal, but now it's like everything else. They're trying to charge as much as they can. But, you know, speaking of charging as much as you can, Ashley Home Store doesn't do that. You know, they're not like Hulu or Bally Sports or anything like that. They say, hey, we're going to give you deals. So uh, let me say this quick because we talk about this uh, most days. Um, You know, with Ashley, you click on her link. Remember, you got to click on the link to get these uh, deals. They'll give you a big discount right away. it will be right in your email. It'll appear right on your screen. Um And you can use that either at the store, you can use it online. And when you do that, it just saves you time. It saves you money. Um, You can look for that couch you want from the comfort of your home. You don't have to scramble around like a crazy person at the store. Uh, Try Ashley Home Store. It's, It's the way you should shop. Online shopping makes sense. And I'm not even just talking about from a COVID, hey, I don't want to get COVID thing. It saves you time. I mean, you're not running around the store. You're just sitting on your couch at home, and you're, you you know, you can investigate a bunch of stuff. You can find what works best for you. So try Ashley Home Store. And, again, just go to our links on the website, click on it, and you'll get to save money right away. It should be good. Yeah, we need that for values. We need, like, a link you can click where you can just get savings in. It'll be so much easier. Hey, um, Grader's ice cream, and man, whoever does their PR is brilliant. Because when they get a new flavor, they just you know they send out the press release. We get excited. We want to know what the new flavors are. And I gotta say, I'm, yeah, I overeat, but I I'm not a big dessert. Hey, I want to eat a ton of dessert, but I tell you, Grader's ice cream has hit the nail right on the, the coffin with this. Because if you look at Grader's, what's better than you know, peanut butter brownie chocolate. You know, they're not screwing around. They're not doing stuff that weird. They're just saying, "Hey, here's your new flavor, peanut butter and brownie." So you got that chocolate and peanut butter feel. I gotta tell you, I was at a cookout um, Sunday night. We were safe. We were socially distanced. And you know, you want your dessert to be, you know, you know, polite and everything. Well, I had like a pecan brownie, which you know was all right. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the worst. But then I saw somebody had peanut butter and chocolate cookies, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. So I, I'm a fan. I'm not a big graders guy. But, man, if I can have peanut butter and chocolate, I'm in. Brandon, do you have any concerns with peanut butter and chocolate?
1: Um, well, technically, I think it's uh has peanut butter cups and brownie pieces, I guess, is to um, be more accurate here. But yeah, like uh, you know, no concerns. It's it's always a good combination. Well, you, you get a little bit of that taste. I mean, I, I
0: I like the peanut butter cups almost actually better because you've got you've got this taste in there. It's it's brilliant. It's fine, um, Craig. I think we need to make a law in the in the country. Stop screwing off over dessert flavors. If you want cherry or apple, fine, but you know maybe we should say what 70 percent of dessert stuff should have some peanut butter and chocolate to it i mean i'm for that it may not be democratic but it's good i think we need to have a rule like that
2: yeah i mean this this seems a little bit more appetizing than the uh, other bonus flavor pralines and cream and black raspberry cookies and cream so um you know i'm all in for a peanut butter cup and chocolate and ice cream all together that's a good combination yeah. Very good. So yeah, yeah, try out graders.
0: Yeah, we'll give them an add. Why not? You know, like I said, I'm just excited. I, I hate these news stories where we're doing like, you know, broccoli fav- flavored ice cream or something. Let's get you know, let's get back to the the basics. And I I love how they're doing it. That makes me excited. Hey, I also wanted to talk about this. You know, we we are cicaded sure. out. There's a ton of great cicada coverage. Um, you know, we have the cicadas here um in ohio i didn't know this 35 years ago since i inquired had a good story about this there was two men that were armed with a cicada so they went to a restaurant and they stole 24 bucks from a cash register and they used the insect to briefly scare away the cashier okay this happened 1987 what a crazy story they're using a cicada to scare the you know cashier away well, what happened was the Cincinnati Inquirer actually tracked down the lady who was the clerk, and she was sharing the story, and she said, she said she remembers the whole thing, and she says, hey, it wasn't necessarily just a cicada. Uh, she said she was sitting outside the restaurant with a friend uh, where she grabbed a fistful of cicadas, pulled them on his back. He screamed. Uh, She was laughing. She went inside the restaurant to weigh in two customers and then what happened was there was someone who came in the restaurant, threw a handful of cicadas straight in her face and she ran off. And that's what happened. Hmm. Um, Apparently, she ran off and she came back and they were missing 24 bucks. and it turned out there was two men by the counter that she suspected took the you know, the money. So really it comes down to the fact of thirty five years ago it was a crazy police story where they said, Hey, she got freaked out by a cicada and you know they use that as a robbery, but she said, No, we're playing pranks on each other and someone threw cicadas in my face. Kind of crazy. And again, she's trying to set the record straight thirty-five years later. Uh, Brandon, do you believe this woman or is she just make up a story uh, that kind of you know, from an embarrassing crime situation.
2: Uh
1: <clears throat> you know, I don't, I guess, you know, it's her word against the, um, against, uh, a doc, a record of, you know, a uh, public record, um, which is the police report. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I always, always remember, uh, when, in my early journalism days when, um, we get calls in the in the in the Youngstown not vindicator office where the editors explain to people like who are calling to complain saying no that's not how it happened, um, you know. The, we the editor will always say, well, call the police department and tell them to change the report. <laughs> um, and oftentimes it's kind of funny because it's like I didn't commit this crime, I committed this crime, and it's like, <laughs> well, go and uh, why would you want to change that or actually we've had people call in and say my name was misspelled um you know even though that's what's in the police report so um you know it's just kind of little funny things like that so you know who knows maybe it and who we don't really know how um you know whether um these people were talked to 35 years ago and that's kind of kind of interesting I, I, about how that those things shaped out, but, um, you know, it, it sounds, it seems a little bit odd at the same time. It seems a lot to, to go and a uh, change the story 35 years later, um, or tell, tell yours, tell this version when this, this story has been out, had uh, been out, um, out, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just written based on what was put in the replace report.
0: Yeah. And Craig, I think it brings up, you know, we are talking, and I'd like to have an editor on from Gannett on the show before long to talk about the new crime policy. Um, You know, we're kind of covering crime differently. We're trying to help the people kind of try to correct the record, I guess, in situations like that. I mean, I have a hard time that a lady would give up money based on fear of a cicada. But, man, if you look at this, um, Craig, you know, we all do crazy stuff to each other from time to time. It's human. You know, we're, we make mistakes and everything else. But, man, if your friends are throwing a handful of cicadas in your face, I don't know if that's a friendly behavior. I mean, I, I don't want to just throw away friends when stuff happens. You know, stuff happens and you got to live with it. But, man, if, if you throw a bunch of cicadas in my face, I'm not sure how I'm
2: reacting in the future, Craig, to be honest with you. That seems kind of weird. Well, yeah, I I mean, this is a a weird story that I don't – I guess it has its relevance because of the uh, cicadas brood that's out here this year. But, uh, you know, also, too, let's talk about the fact that they – whoever did this, they they only made $24 off of this. So, you know, maybe that's uh, the going rate for robbing a a cash register with a cicada, I guess. But it just seems like a weird – Story all the way around it. I don't know that it needs to be told. I don't know that this woman needs to like clear her name. I, I don't, I mean, were people talking about this? I mean, do, does it really matter if, if she was playing jokes and it just, you know, someone stole something or if someone actually robbed her with, you know, a bug, or, you know? So I, I'm not really sure why this story made, you know, headlines here after. I mean, did she call someone and say, I want to set the record straight. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I guess I just don't really care about whether or not she was robbed or just playing jokes and someone stepped in and took money from them. It just, to me, it just seems like a lot of uh, just nothing, even though we are in the midst of the cicadas brood here. But I don't know. I, I'm not really feeling the story so much, I guess, because it just seems ridiculous to bring up 35 years later. I think there's a couple things
0: to play here. I think, like you were saying, uh, we're in a cicada craze. And, and, again, you might be sitting at home like, I don't care about the cicadas. Well, for Gannett, we look at things on, hey, if we write a story and you read it, we are going to write that story more. Um, a good example of that last week was the uh, inspirational singer Nightbird, uh, who's from Zanesville, um, she was on America's Got Talent last week and she impressed the judges. She had a great story about how she's fighting cancer and she's a great singer and they gave her the golden buzzer. Well, we wrote about it and we, man, I, I was looking over the weekend, Craig. I think the story I wrote got 70,000 views over the weekend and it, tells you, hey, people care about this lady. And I would venture to suggest when she goes back on the show in August, you know, we'll probably write about her again, just because people love her story, people want to know more about her. And it seems like we're getting a lot of um, readers from just writing about cicadas, anything about cicadas. And apparently this, this may have triggered a memory in this lady, and this lady wanted to clear her name. I, I think it's kind of funny because, look, you know, this happened in 1987. We didn't have, you know, internet for local newspapers back then. Uh, now you can look at and say, hey, if you write about somebody, it's on the internet forever. And, you know, that's where, you know, Brandon's saying that, you know, sometimes people get upset if they there's like a local crime story that they want taken off the website and everything. But, you know, other than the newspaper, there wasn't really any record of this lady's, incident because it's 1987. So, I don't know. Maybe she's getting teased more lately. I'm not sure why
2: she came forward, but it's kind of interesting. That's the only thing that I can think of. Maybe she's being teased. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Brandon, uh, you know, we all get frustrated, each other. Have you ever been tempted to throw a
1: handful of cicadas in somebody's face? (laughs) Uh, No, because they're so loud.
0: Um,
1: oh yeah it's like I don't know throwing it's like I don't know, throw, it, yeah i i it's just like I think just being i drive whenever I drive by a a uh a patch of- it's like a cicada patch i I, I don't know how to call it call it what what else to call it I mean you drive through a a, a stretch of wood wooded area uh, I mean you hear them and it's just they man I, I couldn't stand i feel bad for people who have to live through that um so I, I wish I could find a good meme of Chewbacca where he's like in Empire Strikes Back, where he's stuck in this little gel cell, and there's like there for some reason they're playing loud sounds. And this scene's always bothered me because I don't know why they played this loud pitching sound and why they did this to Chewbacca randomly. Like, um, but they it's just like it's going on, and he's just annoyed as hell, and he's like yelling and screaming and and then it stops and then he's like okay finally i can work on c3po <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> like i i felt like we needed a little more 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 caught background on this like did was he like trying to barge and break out um you know what was going on but anyways i just wanted to create a gif of that to say you know when you hear the cicadas and that that's just the perfect reaction to have to to that is chewbacca again needlessly tortured with sound um yeah that's 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 so and plus they, the bugs look so gross i would never throw them on anyone yeah i would not even touch one it's just it's just yeah that's the it. other thing
0: yeah why would you touch them i mean yeah you don't want cicadas thrown in your face but man the person throwing them that's gotta be gross to grab a bunch of live cicadas that's gotta feel weird in your hands i don't know it's just very strange but hey, the lady got to t- tell her story, and I, I think everything's okay. So, <clears throat> bravo to her. <laughs> Best of luck in her future. Hopefully, she isn't. You know, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, she doesn't have any more instances of cicadas. You know.
2: Hopefully, yeah, she's getting yeah.
0: closure by by coming yes. forward to tell her story, and hopefully, her and her friends don't. Um, I don't know. You know you know, hopefully they don't just sit and, you know, throw cicadas at each other. Yeah, you know, find something new to do, you know. Listen to the Ohioan, you know. D- don't sit there and play around the cicadas, you know. There's much better things you can do with your life. Um, Hey, I just want to give a shout out. Check out our website. Um, you know, we have a, a program where you can help us out. You can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we have, um, you know, you're always going to get free daily podcasts. You know, that's our commitment to you. But we've got extra podcasts you can listen to and you know yeah they're paid podcasts but again these are podcasts that you can help support the show it's a way of supporting the show um today we had seinfeld laura and i got together and talked about uh the face painter uh it was putty i don't know if you guys remember this where he painted his face he became a big fan of the new jersey devils and uh, Seinfeld and his buddies were trying to react to that. So uh, we talked about that today. And again, remember, we have a free show every day. Uh, check out yesterday. It was kind of a crazy day. Uh, I do a podcast with um, Paul and Joe. Um, we are... Um, I can't say much about it, but there was a reason why we couldn't talk about the Steelers much yesterday. Uh, we'll have an announcement hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, it's hard to get interviews in the morning, but when we offer interviews to people at two two p.m., everybody wants to be interviewed. So uh, Dan Tierney came back on the show. Tavares Taylor came on the show. Our our friend from Mount Nazarene. Um, and that shows out this morning. Uh, we talked to Dan a little bit more about Vax a Million Made fun of Dan. Dan made fun of us. So it was a good back and forth. And Tavares Taylor. He is the head of um, intercultural studies at uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene. And he talked a little bit about our race and how Christians should react to some of the crazy stuff going on around the world. So definitely check out the shows and consider subscribing to our our show as well. Uh, Brandon, I want to kind of close out today. Um, I saw, and I think this was like a week ago, uh, and we haven't gotten around to it, but you talked about going to see Crilla on – you have Facebook posts talking about that and saying that you weren't sure if you had the greatest experience and maybe next time you might, you know, watch it on streaming. Well how was your experience like? I want to make sure I, I accurately caught what you were talking about.
1: Well, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy going to the movie theater, Chris, because um we will call it. I'll call this. It's not a prologue. It's an epilogue, I guess, because it just happened right after I saw Corella. Not right, right after, but like this past weekend, Ryan the Last Dragon finally came out for free on Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. I got to watch it. But I, <laughs> you know, so many distractions and whatnot. You know, you have to pause it, watch it the next day. Um, you know, you kind of lose the the feel of the movie without. Um, the the uh, environment of the theater, um, so I do enjoy going to movie theaters. I always will, but I, I do feel like I feel like um, what irked me though was um, uh, uh, was sort of the pricing model. Um, Disney Plus offers a Premier Access for their movies. Um, I think it's like it's charged by the movie, so uh, but roughly thirty dollars to go see Cruella right now on Disney Plus. Eventually, it will be there, available for free, probably sometime in October, is what I'm hearing. Um, but, anyways, uh, at thirty dollars, I thought, well, we could probably get something cheaper at the theater, at least relatively, you know, not counting any concessions or whatnot. I I went through uh, Phoenix Theaters, uh, which took over this AMC theater uh, in um, the Lenox, uh Town Center Mall, uh, just off just near o- Ohio State University campus, and. Oh my gosh, um, you know it was after they charged a booking fee online, and I'm like, uh, well, really? First of all, I'm most I'm curious about these booking fees. Like, what does it actually go towards? What what are what cost it? Or do you have does it require you to charge this? But aside from that, um, all said and done, twenty seven dollars more with change just to go see Cruella in theaters, and um, while. I think it, you know, hey, $3 saved rather than watching it at home. But um, you know, it 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 does make me kind of um make me think scratch my head and be like, you know, um it, this would have been I think it would be three 24 to go see this movie in theaters might have been a better deal than paying $29 to watch it at home. Um is that that was all my I was getting at really. I, I think you know if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna compete with um, the streaming services that are releasing these um, simultaneously, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be um, uh, you know it's uh, it's gonna be a bit of a uh, a challenge, I think. Uh, and also to mention, like you know, this is Phoenix Theaters, not AMC, which is having a field day with the stock market these days, but. Um, um, well, I was going to ask, is AMC doing the same thing with booking fees? Uh, uh, you know, and I, I think they they probably do. I, I just don't really see. I think, I mean, booking fees might have made sense when they first rolled out um, the service. I just don't. And, you know, there's always these weird fees in any digital service like um, delivery fee or taxes and government fees. But... I honestly have no idea what the booking fee is supposed to, whether that's just some sort of, what cost that's supposed to cover, um, if it's some sort of technology cost, but still that should be kind of um, baked into the ticket then. I, it just seems kind of a bit strange to me, but um, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just kind of funny if, in terms of like, everyone thinks, oh, you know, Disney plus, Plus, it's charging thirty bucks for a premiere for for a movie. Well, you probably that's a deal, especially if you have a family of four. And I took say it was just me and my wife. Keep in mind, two people. If I had like a family of four, um, that would have been even a greater cost. It would have been like I don't know fifty dollars probably to go see the the movie in theaters. And you
0: know, I know you know Craig talks a lot on our. Show and network here about movies and pop culture. And, you know, he has, you know, George Thomas who comes on and Bob Garver comes on. They talk about going to the theaters. And yeah, support your local theater. I'm not saying screw the theater, but I'm, you know, I want convenience right now. And I got to tell you, Brand, my beef with Disney is I, I understand that you can keep your price down by saying, hey, if you really want to watch Cruella. You know, pay the extra 30 bucks and you got it. I want a pricing tier where I will pay HBO Max money if I get everything that Disney offers and if I can watch that stuff early. You know, HBO Max, it's intriguing. I haven't bought it yet. I'm not sure if I'll buy it, but it's intriguing when a lot of these movies that you won't watch, you've got access to. And yeah, you're paying $15 a month, but you've got access to them. You don't have to pay the one-off $30 fee. I, I don't know, Brandon, would you ever do something like that? If if you had more access to everything that Disney was offering and, you know, you got these movies as soon as they came out, would you pay the 15 a month if that's what it would take?
1: Well, I, I mean, I personally, I mean, it depends, I think, um, on, the, on how big of a, you see, I don't, uh, you know, kind of just try to see what movies do I really want to see in theaters and what do I would rather wait till come out on streaming. It's always been my approach. because um, So I like to make them like experiences. So um, I think that's kind of how I would approach it. It, it was interesting, um, Craig and
0: Craig's brightening up. This is his wheelhouse when we talk about <laughs> movies. Um, I was talking to Paul yesterday, and you know, Paul and Joe aren't really big movie watchers, but Paul was raving about how wonderful In the Heights was, and he admitted he's got HBO Max. He said, "Hey, I watch an HBO Max," but he's like, "Man, it'd be great to watch that in the theater." I I don't know. I mean, you've got HBO Max, Craig. Do you think that's taking away stuff from the theaters?
2: I don't think so actually. Um you know Godzilla versus Kong was probably the big you know box office uh, winner early on in the in the in the spring and it did quite a bit of money. I think around 45 to 50 million dollars uh, opening weekend during you know really during the the pandemic still we we still aren't out of it but we're a little bit better than we were. And Godzilla vs. Kong was one of those movies that was a day and date release on HBO Max. I watched it on HBO Max rather than going to the theaters because I thought it's a movie that I would watch, but it wasn't necessarily a movie that I said I've got to go to the theaters for. And there are other movies like that. You know, Cruella is another movie for me where I'll wait it out on Disney Plus, you know, like Brandon said, Ryan, the last dragon is on a uh, Disney plus right now, part of their streaming package. It, when it was released in the spring, it wasn't, you had to pay the premier access. I didn't, but I did, I don't really believe I missed anything by, by not going to the theaters, but now I can watch it on Disney plus and not have to worry about the premiere access. So I think a lot of it depends on what the sort of the standard is for when these movies are going to be released. Now, Paramount Plus is doing their their best to kind of enter into this streaming war with uh, a Quiet Place Part 2 which just came out in late April. That movie will be out July 15th on Paramount Plus. So for those of you who want to go to theaters, Paramount Plus is going to have a 45-day post cinema release on their streaming platform. So that will include the the new Mission Impossible movie that comes out in November. So next early January, you'll be able to watch Miss Mission Impossible. Um, you know, HBO is not going, HBO Max is not going to do the day and date release movie starting next year. And it might even start with this fall with some of their major releases for the uh, uh, Dune and the Matrix four. Maybe initially we're going to be day and date release, but may not be now because the pandemic's starting to, to kind of subside a little bit. So um, but this is a great deal. I mean, like, you know, if you're if you're kind of on the fence, that's where I think of it. When you're on the fence, because if you're on the fence on a movie and you already have a streaming service, you can watch it. Like I was on the fence on Godzilla vs. Kong. It wasn't a movie that I had to watch, but I have H I have HBO Max, so I thought, well, let's watch it. So I did, and I enjoyed it. And I you know even though yeah, the theater experience is a is a unique and fun and exciting thing, and I always will prefer the theater over home viewing. But if you have a good enough setup at home to where you're like, there are certain movies that I just don't have to go to the theater for, you know, that's the benefit of streaming and that's the the benefit of that, you know, day and date release there from HBO Max that they're doing this year. You know, just uh, next month, they'll have, you know, Space Jam 2 and then they have Suicide Squad. So there's a lot of movies that HBO Max is going to put out that I normally would not go to the theater to see because I'd be spending like Brandon said 20 25 30 dollars on a ticket that i can watch essentially for the cost of my my monthly subscription but that monthly subscription offers me so much more that i'd already be watching anyway so that's kind of how i look at it
0: yeah and, and didn't Brandon say i would pay a thousand bucks for premier access to space jam 2 right
1: <laughs> well wrong wrong streaming and wrong price and oh okay all right <laughs> Maybe I heard that from somebody else. I thought well, it was
2: I'll, a, I'll give you a prime example, though. Um, so the Tom and Jerry movie came out on HBO Max in February. I would have otherwise had no reason to go to the theater to watch it, even without the pandemic. If we're talking we don't have a pandemic, I would not have gone to theaters to see it. I have HBO Max. My wife wanted to see it. So I look at it like, a fraction of the cost of the $15 a month, because we'd be paying that anyway for the rest of the service. So let's say you're paying a couple of bucks for this show and a couple of bucks for that show and a couple of bucks for this movie and a couple of bucks for this movie. So I kind of looked at it like the value of it was we watched Tom and Jerry, a movie that I didn't really want to see in theaters, but my wife wanted to see and probably would have wanted to see in theaters if the, if the pandemic didn't exist. We got to see it for maybe a fraction of that cost because, yeah, it's $15 a month for HBO Max, but we already have it. We're already paying for it because we watch other stuff. So you look at it like the you know the cost effectiveness of it is you're only paying a couple of bucks, essentially, for that movie because you're also watching this show and that show and this movie and that movie throughout the month. So you're getting value out of it, I think, more than you ever would. Um, now, I don't necessarily think that they should – that this is a a wave of the future, but I do think that, you know, the 45 day window could become that where movies are going to be on HBO max or like Paramount plus, like I said, in that 45 day window. So at that point, it just depends on if you're saying, am I willing to wait for a quiet place part two until July 15th, or do I have to go out and see it now? And that's just your decision, you know, based on how you feel comfortable with spending money and going out during a pandemic. And with all the entertainment options, man,
0: I mean, unless you're a humongous John Krasinski fan or Emily Blunt fan, I mean, I could wait on everything. I mean, there's... good. I'm looking at my Roku, and I've got billions of, stuff, of things on there, and I don't subscribe to a ton of services. Man, what a day to be alive. I mean, a friend <laughs> of mine was posting on uh, Facebook the other day talking about this video game that he's all excited about. And he's like, I may not leave... I, I'm set for weeks with this video game. I mean, it's, it's way too many options. I guess it's a great time to be alive. I guess my only concern is we're being nickel and dimed. I mean, right? you know, Paramount Plus, I, I haven't subscribed to yet, but I'm a big Frazier guy. Supposedly Frazier's coming back sometime. I haven't heard for sure when, who, and but, you know, I might try Paramount Plus to watch Frazier. Now you're saying I could watch – Matrix Ford and quiet place. Maybe I'll check out Paramount plus, but I feel like we're being nickel and dimed.
2: Well, we are. I mean, it'd be nice if we saw more partnerships um, or, you know, like Amazon bought the MGM library so they could have the, the James Bond franchise among other things. It, It would be nice if there would, if there would be more bundles or, you know, partnerships between services, because right now, and I think I've I've talked about this the last couple of weeks on uh, on my reviews for the Ohioan, uh of just you know what P- what what Peacock and Paramount Plus are doing are nice but they're not really necessarily ultimately worthy of a standalone. Although Paramount Plus is really getting into the game because they're releasing a thousand new movies uh, to their streaming platform this month alone, and then on top of a Quiet Place Part Two and Mission Impossible later on. Uh, then next year, at some point next year, they're going to have a Halo video game uh, series. So, you know, a lot of it would be nice if, if people would just absorb people and make like the Discovery and uh, Warner uh, Media, uh, you know, merger would be great because then you're adding in libraries on top of libraries. Um, but I think Paramount and Peacock, those are the two outliers that it would be nice if they got absorbed by whether it be Netflix or whether it be Amazon or whether it be Warner Discovery. It'd be nice if, if those two, because those are the two that are on the fringe. Like Paramount and, and Peacock don't have a ton of, uh, of original content, but they have a good library of movies. Like, you know, if you want to watch the Godfather trilogy or if you want to watch the Indiana Jones uh, series, you have to go to Paramount Plus for that, you know, or if you want to watch – a lot of the Star Trek series and original stuff like George Thomas talks about a lot. You know, you got to go to Paramount Plus for that. But if you want to watch The Office or Superstore or uh, Parks and Recreation, you've got to go to Peacock or King of Queens or Everybody Loves Raymond is on Peacock as well. So um, it's really everything's spread out. Everybody's kind of getting nickel and dime because of that. It'd be nice if, if you'd have more mergers so people could feel like they're getting maybe better value. But... I almost think even if you only have like you know, you could also always do you know, this every month you maybe get a service and then you cancel it, and then you move on to another service and then watch what you want to watch there and then you cancel it. So, I think a lot of people are doing that now where they're kind of like streamer jumping from one to the other. So, like, let's say there's a show on Netflix you want to watch, maybe you get Netflix for a month and then you say, Okay, I've been streaming it, I don't want to watch anything else on it, but I want to go to Peacock because I want to stream the office or I want to stream whatever. And maybe you have that for a couple of months while you binge watch and then you move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. So, you know, there are a lot of people that I think that are doing that now. And that's also becoming a sort of a viable option where let's say that, you know, one of those streaming services is like, if you're a a fan of the matrix, the matrix four comes out in December and you don't want to go to theaters yet because you're not comfortable. Well, you could buy HBO max for, for a month essentially watch the matrix and cancel it. Or, you know, if you enjoy the, the service, you can keep it, but there's always options out there. I think for, for people that you don't have to just stack every streaming service on yourself and and pay as much as you are for cable, just to have all the streaming services when you can kind of bounce around a little bit from each one. But why would
0: you bounce around? I'm looking at the Peacock network's TV offerings and you can watch grace under fire and the Jeff <laughs> Fox show. Man.
2: Well, it, it, I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, we have a couple of services because we got in on some deals. So, like, I've got Paramount Plus because we got half off for a full year. So we paid one upfront price. We got a full year of it. So we don't have to worry about paying monthly fees for it right now. Uh, for uh, Peacock, we got about a four-month uh, plan for $9 just to see what it's like. We have had HBO Max now for more than a year. Um, But, you know, sometimes it's about jumping around different things that, you know, maybe there's a show on Peacock that you like, if you want to watch The Office, you have to get Peacock, but you can also get the $5 a month, you know, ad supported service, if you want the ad free, it's $10. That seems to be the standard bearer for Peacock and, and Paramount Plus, but you know, I like Paramount Plus because you also get local local news channels. So you get the local – I get the local Cleveland channel that I can stream at all times. Whatever's on that channel, I get to watch. So if it's Price is Right or the news at noon or the news at 6 or whatever it may be, I can watch that. So that's one of the benefits, I think, of, uh, of Paramount Plus right now. Plus, you know, I know Brandon's a soccer fan, and, you know, I watch some soccer from time to time too. But, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, professional soccer on – Peacock and on um, Paramount Plus as well. Brandon, do
0: you think um, Craig's getting money from Peacock or Paramount Plus? That's a nice ad.
1: <laughs> you know that they, they you, um, the P and Peacock and Paramount uh, Plus stands for Pay Craig.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> you know, it's funny though because I was pretty—I I mean, I wasn't outwardly critical, but up and you know, I, last week I talked a little bit about Paramount Plus and Peacock on my reviews. And Peacock really changed the game for me because before last week, when I I started watching a couple of movies, um, they would have advertisements. I had the ad-supported Peacock. They would have advertisements in between, you know, during the movie, unlike, you know, Hulu, which has it at the beginning and at the end. So I thought, well, I'm not ever going to watch a movie on Peacock because I don't like that model if I'm paying for a subscription price even if it's the ad supported i feel like you should just tack the ads on at the beginning or at the end or both like hulu does and they finally started doing that at peacock and i'm it's opened up that library a lot more for me now that i now i want to actually watch some of those movies that i otherwise wouldn't have watched because i did not want to have to sit through you know 3 or 4 minutes of commercials during a 2 hour movie now I can watch 175 seconds of commercials, and then the movie plays without interruption, which is ideal. We gotta have,
0: like, access to all these streaming services, because, hey, you know, Peacock, give me Brandon Craig access, all these other places. Man, we'll, we'll talk nothing but that. You know, we <laughs> need that. It'll be good. So, all right. Um, Hey, anything we want to mention before we take off? No. Um. Let me give one more shout-out. Um, I know Brandon and Craig and I were excited to talk to Dan Tierney before. Uh, check our interview. Like I said, Dan was available, so we went with it. Um, some nuggets out of yesterday. Um, be sure to tune in, guys, as I apologize to Dan Tierney for all the negative stuff I said uh, about uh, Mike DeWine. No basketball questions. by reference basketball, and they said, hey – I said, I want the governor to be happy listening to the show, and yeah, Dan says, you know, nothing offensive to said yet, so I guess that basketball question was all right, but um, no other really bad moments. We asked some kind of weird questions, but um, Dan did say, I know we, man, we breathlessly talked about this for probably half hour a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dan wasn't happy to admit this, but apparently, Mike DeWine uses his personal cell phone when he's calling some of these uh, people that's only
2: one vax a million. Wow. How do you guys feel about that? With all the people around him, I would not probably do that. Unless it's a burner phone, but it seems hey, like... Contact.
1: I'm, I'm going to put him down as Mike D.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, no. Because he was saying, because we were asking about that, because Dan, I was like, okay, do you know who won? And Dan said no. And Dan Swore up and down. He said he doesn't know who wins until they announce it on TV. Now, he helps afterwards of getting people for the press conference and everything else, but he said, I honestly don't know. Very few people know who wins, okay? Which, okay, that's fine. Apparently, DeWine hears earlier on Wednesday evening, but he calls. And I said, well, is he using your phone? And Dan's like, no, he's not around me beforehand. But Dan was talking about On caller ID, often you'll see Governor Mike DeWine on Mm. your caller ID. So I'm like, he's using his phone. He's like, yeah, I don't don't want to talk too much more about that. (laughs) So I guess if you win Vax a Million, you also win Mike DeWine's cell phone. You've got that.
2: I wonder if anybody blows it up after they have like, oh, it was great seeing You You know, Governor, Mr. Governor, you know, if you ever want to come back down to, you know, Vinton County, come on down. We'll, We'll have a beer or something, you know, or whatever. I'm afraid of that. During my career, I've gotten interviews some like rock
0: people and sports, but what other stuff. I've gotten cell phone numbers of some semi-famous people, and you always get freaked out about calling them. You get know, back, but you don't want to be that creep that does that because I'm sure they'll start screaming after a while. But right, I don't know. Yeah, so check out the interview uh, for fun, and I, I don't know. Um, Joe and Paul were fine. Paul was trying to joke around about why Pennsylvania's doing better in Ohio and that didn't go over too well and it just I, I don't know. Oh, we did ask Dan Tierney. I said, man, wouldn't Mike DeWine get the Steelers vote in Ohio if he wears the Steelers tie during the press conference? That <laughs> didn't go over too well either. Um Dan apparently was a fan of the Browns, so geez okay, yeah. Dan. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was tough. I, I guess John Kasich was a a big sewers fan when he was governor and Dan was kind of throwing some shade at John Kasich. So yeah, check out the interview. It was fun as always. All right, man, we we are going over. Thanks as always uh, to Craig and Brandon for taking part. Uh, We'll see you back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley.